It's Christmas! Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Oh, Christmas Day, my ass. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. Christmas to you and all. Hello again and welcome back to Merry Britsmas and can you believe we are five months into the year and still celebrating Christmas on this podcast and now in your ears. Or you're listening to these sometime in mid-December and catching up so hey it's Christmas guys, Merry Jolly Holly Holidays. But I'm in May and I have some more festive pop culture treats for you. We've got some original alternative British Christmas songs that I think are underheard and therefore underrated. I take a look at a recent sitcom that kind of connects to that coronation thing earlier this month called King Gary. And I begin a big old UK Christmas number one showdown where you will take the hot seat in voting for the very best Christmas number one ever. Let's flip the script this month and start with the normal music section. And this month I thought I'd just share some little known alternative Christmas songs. These are all original songs that deserve wider acknowledgement and perhaps adding to some of your festive playlists. Let's start with the most well-known artist, Scottish indie pop band Snow Patrol, a group who formed at university in Dundee, and went on to find fame with their third album after two unsuccessful records on an independent label before moving to Polydor to release Final Straw. This album had hits including Spitting Games and Run, and the record went five times platinum in 2002. Their next album, Eyes Open, also had a big hit single with Chasing Cars, getting them nominated for Brits and Grammys. Anything or anyone If I lay here If I just lay here and being used in media such as Grey's Anatomy and One Tree Hill, and it actually became one of the most played songs ever on British radio. But none of that is festive, so let's go back to 2000 before they released their hit major studio record, when they released When I Get Home For Christmas. Another song about being or wanting to be home at this time of year. The song is about that usual melancholy feeling of not being with someone you want to and being far away, so making the most of the Christmas time spent together.
next act on my list are actually a duo made up of a married couple, Sam and Hannah Heard, going by the musical moniker Bird to Beast. They made quite British softly spun psychedelic folk and released a self-titled debut album back in 2013 via Muck Records, an independent Manchester-based label. Since then, they seem to have just disappeared off the face of the earth or the face of the internet. But there's a very good album still floating around for you to check out, and track 9 has a festive feel, even though it's not specifically a Christmas song. But it's called Winter Snow, and with the harmonic backing vocals and plucked guitar, as well as the lyrics about feeling alone and being left in the snow, it's got Christmas vibes all over it. who seemingly disappeared after releasing a debut album are Shy Nature, a five-piece from London. Their debut album, Ten Times Around the Sun, came out in 2017, but there aren't any Christmas songs on that record. Instead, they released three songs separately, so you're getting triple the music here. The first one in 2015 was called Christmas Lullaby, and some sneaky sleigh bells add to the lyrics about trying to get to sleep on Christmas Eve. later in 2016 they unleashed two songs, the first of which My Christmas Tree Is Looking At Me is a more compulsive beat that sings of the excitement of Christmas morning from a kid's perspective about holding on to that magic. Alongside that release came What's In Your Stocking, treading the same sort of ground about the excitement of the surprises of Christmas from the stocking to a whiskey twist in your coffee. Season's come that makes everyone into some 
and the final band are still around. Huzzah! They're called Sandra's Wedding and they're a three-piece group from Ghoul and East Riding of Yorkshire. They've got four albums out in total and have been compared to the likes of The Smiths and The House Martins. Their indie rock Christmas offering came out in 2017 and is called Spite Christmas, a slightly more bitter take on the season. Keep the head wrapped up so that the bands will never know Why Christmas please is so fun there was pretty big news in the UK because lots of people decided to go watch a man get a nice new chair and hat, along with lots of other shiny objects to become the new king of this place. It was a pretty big global deal I suppose, though I can't say I watch much of it beyond the usual curious interest and the funny observations online. What I will say is that we British do strange and fascinating traditions from ages ago better than pretty much anyone else. I still don't understand half of what happened. It's like playing a board game you've never played before and don't quite get the rules. But it's still kind of amusing to play along and other people seem to be enjoying it. But it's really nothing much to do with Christmas, except for the fact we have a king's speech now every year he is king, and we already had his first one last year. So I made a tiny leap from King Charles to King Gary, a BBC sitcom that began life at Christmas with a pilot episode that aired December 23rd 2018, but the episode was nothing to do with Christmas, actually all about barbecues. Since then, it had two seasons, with a Christmas special squeezed between. Unfortunately, the show was not picked up for a third season, but we still have these funny episodes to look back on. The show is about the main character, called Gary King. He is played by the six and a half foot tall, lovable comedian Tom Davis. He's a cheeky, competitive family man who has to deal with taking over his dad's building firm, impressing his neighbours and friends, and being the big man for his wife and son. Laura Checkley plays his wife Terry, and Simon Day of the brilliant sketch show The Fast Show plays Big Gary, Gary's dad. Camille Kaduri, who is known for playing Jackie Tyler in Doctor Who, plays his mom, and comedian Ramesh Ranganathan plays one of his regularly annoyed neighbours, Stuart. The Christmas special aired 23rd of December 2020, and the episode starts with the ever-dominant Gary atop his decoration-adorned car, driven by his wife down the street to the tune of Katrina and the Waves' Love Shine a Light, making a festive declaration. Love shine a light in every corner of my heart. Let the love light carry, let the love light carry. Light Arise, sweet neighbours, and come, all ye faithful, for it is I, Gary. I know it has been a tough year, I do know that. But surf upon my shoulders and come with me and let us turn this crescent into a symbol of glowing unity. But then his parents' announcements about cutting costs angers Gary and Terry. Listen, we've all had a chat and the feeling is everyone's skin. We can't afford the lights. We're going to have a year off. We have a next, Dad. 
One year becomes three, three becomes six, and then you're 10 years down the line and kids don't even know what Christmas is no more. You can't put a price on the happiness that these lights bring. No, no lights. We're having a cutback Christmas. No lavish gifts. No bird within a bird within a bird. And we are doing Secret Santa. No, 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 Secret Santa. Secret Santa? Like Secret Santa? Yes. And Gary is really not happy about this, whilst his wife plans a festive TikTok for the family. I know you've got a lot going on in your brain right now, but I'm really going to need you to try and focus, OK? It's just for me, Christmas should be swaddled in happiness, and it's currently under threat from a bunch of Ebenezer's. So... Yeah, which is precisely why we need to bring the joy to everyone, yeah? I, know. I mean, like, for me, a TikTok is, like, so much better than a Christmas card. It's, like, original uniqueness and environmental cheek, so... The, the way that you pull a concept together literally just blows my mind. Gary then gets into an argument with his dad about meeting a new big client. Look who's ponced the lift into London. I have a ponced the lift. You sure about this meeting with Fenwick today? If you smell your soul flapping a mile off. It's fine, Dad. I've got this. Yeah, but you've never pitched before. You know you get damp around clients. I don't get damp. Right, I'm coming with you. Give me five minutes, I'll get me soap. No! No, 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 no. No to that. At the meeting with the client, Les Fenwick, played by Mark Addy of the Full Monty in Game of Thrones, everything gets a bit chaotic with giant sweat patches and knocking water over and rambling not going down so well. So, business. What is, what is business? It's... And who are King's Property Maintenance? Well... We, we are the uh, we are the leader genre of we we are the leading property maintenance within the genre, Gary. Just so uh, we aren't just a business or a company, Les. We are a family, mate. We're a family built up of many different entities and extreme. Like we have electricians, like Mark, and other electricians, all corky registered and legit, and all with certificates of education. Hey, Gary, keep it down. Despite that, the offer comes in from Les. But it seems, and Gary's not quite getting this, that he's asking for a little bit extra on the side. I've got a new job. It's a cracker. It's looking after the property maintenance for all the royal houses. Let me do that. We'll do that for you. I'll do that all day long for you, mate. This is the big time, Gary. We're talking Buckingham Palace, Blenheim Palace, all the palaces as they stand. And I was wondering if your little firm could be across all of them. Yeah! 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 Oh, yeah. Yes, mate, of course we can. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The work is yours, provided you look after Fennec. And I'm sure you go a little bit further than, say, rival companies. Yes, we will go further than any of those clans. I'll go, literally, you can call me at any time of day, any day of the week, and you're like, all right, Gary, actually, I'm in the right chair in here. I'm in the right fuddle. I need someone to go over to Penai's for him. I'll be like, let's mate, I'm already there. Meanwhile, Big Gary is not happy with the in-laws, parents of Terry staying over for Christmas. Where's them chicken balls? Would you like? No, one Chicken balls? Anyone seen them? Yep, we have a dishwasher. Where's the chicken balls? Martin, see the chicken balls? How many you had? Seven. Seven? That's nearly a whole chicken. And he's gone in dry. Look, he ain't even touched the sweet and sour sauce. Waste! Right, boy? Hope you're not hungry. Martin's mullered this Chinese. And with a new financial deal in place, Gary starts preparing the whole neighbourhood with lights and decorations. Chop, chop! Make haste with these candy canes! I will not crack a soldier standing alert at every door! We're netting stuck! 
What are these? What are these? Blue lights? No, no to blue lights. They are very threatening to the eyeball. You take these back to the store whence they came. This must be classy. Oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Thank you, John. And in the process, gets into an argument with neighbour Stuart in the street. Is there a particular reason why a meat van and an annoyingly loud generator are parked outside my home? Isn't the reason clear? John the Butcher is putting on a hog roast and mulled wine for the spectators tomorrow. Yeah, very nice, but that's not the reason why it's outside my house, is it? Is this something you actually want, Stuart? Because you're starting to do my head in, mate, with your whinging and your moaning. I am doing this for the good of the Crescent, for the people of the... I'm doing this for the people, mate. Are you? Are you doing it for the people, Gary? Or are you doing it for you and your fragile ego? How dare you! But Gary and Terry are still in the festive spirit swing of things. There is just one thing I need. I don't care Baby. about the oh. Christmas PJs. You look lully, babe, like proper rumble in the jungle, <laughs> you know? I feel sexy. Christmas sexy. Yeah, you look it. And Terry tries to help with the Stuart problem. So, how goes the uh, festivity of extravaganza then? Absolutely amazing. Say one thing, Stuart Williams being an absolute Ebenezer. The man's not even put his hand in his pockets for Christmas lights. Hmm. Maybe he's in a bit of bother, babe, if you can't afford lights. I mean, I ain't being funny, but you can tell he is proper Strugsville just by the clothes what he wears. Everything is high street, no branded clubber whatsoever. All right, all right. Let's look at the evidence, what we have gathered here. So, you said, right, he's been slumming it with little pat lunches, you know, that he's not buying any presents this year, that he's been poncing lifts left, right and centre. Yeah. And the other day, right, when you took him to the station, he didn't even get on the train with you. See, that, Gary, that is strange. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, he ain't even going into town. Yeah. Like he's pretending to go to work, when in actual fact he's just wandering the streets of London on his tod, just like that dog in the littlest hobo. <gasps> Sorry, but I am good. Poor Stuart Williams. It's like he's got a dose of the Bob Cratchits. So Gary tries to help Stuart, but it predictably doesn't go well. Gary, where are you going with this? This is an intervention. An intervention. Bag of sand there, mate. From the bottom of my heart, you pay this back when you're back on your feet, all right? Take I it. I don't need any money, Gary. I'm good for Gary. it, mate. I'm absolutely Keiko. So I don't need in front of your family. I don't right. need any money, kid. But you do, mate. No, you're don't. poor, mate. So you need money. Get it. Oh, you get it away. I don't want your money. Thank you. Gary. Stu, don't be broke. I don't want your money, Gary. Cross the street. Everybody. Stop it. And back at the house, Terry has a heart-to-heart -heart with their son, Teddy. I'm just not feeling it this year, Mum. I really don't want to sing at the concert. Just please, just don't make me. Oh, the fudge is Ted, Well, you've got a beautiful voice and it brings so much joy to everyone. It's just... All the other kids at school take the mic because, well, you know, I still sing in the choir. Oi, come here. Oi, look at me. Oi. You let your mum and tell you a little something, right? You won't ever, ever worry what anyone thinks of you, right? Do you know, I've been judged my entire life. Now, you dare to be you, right? And right towards the end of the episode, Gary gets some bad news at the Christmas street party. 
Gary, listen, kid, it's bad news. I just wanted to let you know that we've decided to go with someone else for the royal house job. Another firm just went that little bit further. I don't know what happened, Gary. It was your job on a play. You talked your way out of it. Merry Christmas, kid. He has to shut off all the lights and feels despondent. I just wanted Christmas to be perfect for everyone after the crud a year that the whole entire world has had. All right, babe, it's not all about you. Because there's a little boy that needs his dad right now. Thought he wasn't singing because he hated Christmas. Well, I think he might change his mind if he sees you out there. But the episode ends with Teddy's concert, and a bit of walking in the air helps Gary and his family realise the magic of Christmas. With a montage of celebration, and even inviting Stuart over for dinner. a soft spot for this show even though it sometimes misses the mark with the level of humour I feel it's aiming for. It's got a really good heart and the characters and actors are well balanced and performed. The humour isn't laugh out loud funny but offers plenty of ride chuckles especially if you know or grew up around suburban British life and people like in the show. It's packed with Christmas songs and decorations as well which always helps on this podcast. I would critique that this episode the ending feels a little rushed and sudden, almost feels like there was a scene cut from the ending to wrap things up in a different way. But it's a show I'd suggest people check out, especially British people with a knowledge of the sort of bloke played by Tom Davis here, King Gary King. And finally this month, I'm launching my new project for the year. I've done some polls before on the best Jacob Marley and the best Ghost of Christmas present, but I'm moving away from Christmas Carol brilliance to Christmas number ones. This is another topic I've discussed a long time ago, right at the start of the podcast, and Jack of the Total Christmas Podcast mentioned it recently too on his. Any British person will know exactly what I mean, but for anyone out of the loop, Britain has made a pretty big deal of the song that's top of the singles charts on Christmas Day, whenever that may fall. It kind of started in the 1970s, with the glam rock bands Wizard and Slade fighting out for Christmas number one with their festive songs. It also meant a big sales boost for competing artists and bands at Christmas time, with singles that used to be actual physical things on vinyl or cassettes or CDs, so people bought them as presents for loved ones at Christmas. In the age of streaming it seems archaic, but I used to love spending my pocket money on a carefully selected new CD single to listen to over and over again until my whole family hated it. The Christmas number one was not always Christmas related, of course. There were plenty of just good pop songs, as well as a mix of family-friendly novelty tracks and cheesy songs aimed at older audiences. You gotta get a CD for your grandma. Then the rise of the TV talent show X Factor brought about a winning contestant vying for and usually getting the Christmas number one each year, as the show always wrapped up with the winner announced at the start of the holiday season. The last few years have seen a charity resurgence as an online duo called Lad Baby 
have released parody covers of songs, with profits going to a food bank charity for the last five years. Now I love the charity aspect, but the songs leave something to be desired. Anywho, the idea of this poll is to determine the best Christmas number one ever. I've randomised every Christmas number one into matching pairs and they will face off on my social media until we get down to one winner. I'll intro and play a snippet of each song and post them over the course of a couple of weeks, with a few days for voting. I'd also love for you to share the posts, get your friends voting, and get in touch to let me know which ones you want to win and which ones you want to chuck in the bin. We've got six face-offs this month, so let's get to it. The first pair of challengers are Something I Need by Ben Haynow and Only You by The Flying Pickets. When you heard me say Ben Haynow, you may have said, Haynow? Who the hell is that? I did. Well, he won the X Factor in 2014, becoming the 11th winner and then releasing, as is custom, a song in time for the Christmas season. It was a cover called Something I Need, a song originally by US pop rock band One Republic from the year before. It hit number one with over 214,000 copies sold, and profits went to children's charity, Together for Short Lives. Other than that nice bit of charity support, I think it's kind of a bland and forgettable pop song, but maybe you disagree. And if we're only here once, I wanna live with you. Got something I need in this world full of people. There's one love in me, and if we're only here once, I wanna. It goes up against a classic pop tune from 1983, The Flying Pickets Only You. The band were an a cappella pop group, and this was their first single, but it's actually another cover this time from synth-pop duo Yazoo. There's lots of covers getting to number one at Christmas. The stripped-back version was number one for five weeks. face-off is between When We Collide by Matt Cardle and Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Matt Cardle is, you guessed it, another X Factor winner, this time from the 7th series in 2010. As usual, the song was a cover, with When We Collide originally by brilliant Scottish rock band Biffy Clyro, and actually originally called Many of Horror. Maybe not such a festive title. It got to number one beating the likes of Rihanna with 815,000 sales and even helping the original Biffy song to enter the charts at number 8. It's a perfectly serviceable pop rock ballad, and that's about it in my opinion. How about a true classic of rock? I immediately think of Wayne's World, but Bohemian Rhapsody is a song so good it's got to Christmas number one twice. 
Queen hit the top with the song's first release in 1975, the debut single from A Night at the Opera. Freddie Mercury belts out this mock rock opera that has no chorus and a bombastic, chaotic, brilliant energy. It stayed at number one for nine weeks, and then, when Freddie sadly passed away in 1991, it was re-released and re-entered the charts to get a second Christmas number one. It's still the only time the same exact version of the same song has got to the Christmas top spot twice. Mama, life had just face-off is between Lonely This Christmas by Mud and Earth Song by Michael Jackson. Mud are a glam rock band from London who found fame in the 70s, releasing songs such as Dynamite and Tiger Feet, but they turned melancholy for their Christmas number one, Lonely This Christmas, topping the charts in 1974 and selling over 750,000 copies. The band deliberately copied the style of late Elvis, with a slow melodic singing style and guitar tones, reflecting an earlier decade to appeal to a wider audience and create something a bit different. It's still a Christmas staple here in the UK, you'll hear it on the radio, in shops and in any true Christmas loving household. I don't need to introduce the very controversial Prince of Pop, Michael Jackson, so let's focus on The Earth Song, a somewhat overwhelming track that took Christmas number one in 1995, taken from his history album. The song takes on the devastation that humanity is causing, building towards an epic gospel choir style ending. It's somewhat sappy, but I do have a soft spot for this track, and somehow respect it for keeping Oasis's Wonderwall from number one too. Did you ever stop to notice all the blood we shed before? Did you ever stop this notice? This crying earth is weeping sure. The next two challenges are Hello Goodbye from The Beatles and Johnny Ray's Just Walking in the Rain. Another artist that needs no introduction are pop superstars and ancestors of the modern boy band The Beatles, making brilliant and inventive music throughout their very short musical career as a group. They had four Christmas number ones and this was their fourth. In 1967, a non-album single, a three minute blast of perfect pop that claimed Christmas number one during a seven week stay at the top of the charts. I don't know why you say goodbye, I say hello I say hi, you say love, you say why And I say I don't know Johnny Ray was an American singer who some often credit as the father of rock and roll due to the way he mixed rhythm and blues into the crooning pop style. 
similarly to contemporaries such as Elvis. Just Walking in the Rain was a cover, originally written by two prisoners who had a band called the Prisoners. They had a minor hit in 1953, but Johnny had a bigger hit with the track in 1956, hitting number one for seven weeks in the UK. So alone and blue All because my heart Still remembers you The penultimate face-off for this episode is the Justice Collective with He Ain't Heavy and Boney M with Mary's Boy Child, Oh My Lord. As I mentioned, charity has become an important part of Christmas number ones, with the festive spirit lending itself to prompting people to help their fellow man in a very Dickensian style. And this number one from 2012 was a charity single for the Justice Collective, an organisation founded by singer Peter Hooten of a band called The Farm. The charity originally supported victims and families of victims of the Hillsborough disaster, a horrific stadium disaster in 1989 that caused the deaths of 97 people and 766 injuries. They decided to record a cover of the classic song He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, previously performed by the likes of The Hollies and Neil Diamond. They recruited celebrities to perform on the song such as Mel C of the Spice Girls, Robbie Williams formerly of Take That, Paul Heaton of The Beautiful South, Holly Johnson of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Shane McGowan of The Pogues, and Paul McCartney, who also played guitar, with Mick Jones of The Clash on guitar too. German Caribbean vocal group who had huge hits in the UK with disco pop tracks such as Rasputin and Daddy Cool in the late 70s, selling more than 100 million records worldwide. And every year here in the UK, one of their tracks has become another Christmas staple their cover of Mary's Boy Child, that hit number one in 1978. The track was originally by Harry Belafonte and also hit number one. Expect to hear that in a later episode, making this one of a few tracks that got to number one twice. The band covered it in a slightly Caribbean disco style with steel pans and also mashed it up with a new composition called Oh My Lord. And the final face-off for this episode is between Merry Christmas Everybody by Slade and We Built This City by Lad Baby. I've already mentioned Lad Baby who have had the last five Christmas number ones smashing the record. Lad Baby is Mark Hoyle, a blogger and online celeb who decided with his wife Roxanne to cover We Built This City by Starship in aid of the Trussell Trust, a food bank charity here in the UK. Now I'm someone that feels a functioning and civilised society shouldn't require food banks to ensure people don't starve, but here we are, and at least this song has done some good. Because this cover isn't a normal cover, instead they mix up the lyrics to make it all about sausage rolls, a savoury pastry treat here in the UK that is the lunch of millions, and many Americans have mocked before, although I bet if they tried one, they'd quickly change their mind. 
Maybe not so much if they listen to this song at the same time, though. Don't you remember? We built this city. We built this city on finally one of the biggest British Christmas songs of all time. It's not Christmas until you hear this and you will hear it every year constantly. And it doesn't matter because it's so damn good. Slade are a stomping glam rock band fronted by the eccentrically brilliant Noddy Holder who racked up 6 number 1s and 17 consecutive top 20 hits in the 70s. Their final number 1 was Merry Christmas Everybody. A song that gives me every British kind of festive feels as soon as it comes on, reminding me of childhood Christmases and late night clubs and bars as the last song the DJ blares out. It competed with another great track, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard in 1973, beating it to number one and actually staying at the top until February. That's the spirit I want, Christmas until February. Just listen and tell me it's not the ultimate Christmas party song. So those are the first face-offs and I'll be adding them to my social media over the next few weeks one at a time. Vote, share, tell your mates, tell your family, tell your neighbours, shout out to that stranger in the street, hey vote for Boney M! And get in touch with me to let me know your favourite so far, or even one you hope falls into a festive black hole and never returns. Because that's it for the May episode, so follow and get in touch via Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, all at Merry Britsmas. Happy blooming Christmas to you and all.